Orale. Bienvenidos and welcome to the Familia FFP podcast. This is your host, Jorge Martin. Familia, it's the NFL Insider Series. We are going to steal town. Yes, yes, Steeler country. Shout out to my primo Jose, Jose Lopez, SWAT team, uh, over, you know, huge, huge Steeler fan. Also, my friend, my amigas, Sam Holt, Michelle Majuk, and also my compadre, Herms, Herms at Herms NFL. Oh, there I know all of you are going to be watching this show because this is your team. And also make sure, familia, everybody out there, if you're not already subscribing to us on the YouTube page, please, please give us a like and subscribe. Set those notifications up because these are these shows are coming up time and time and time and time and time again. So I'm just going to be, I'm dropping some of these. Some of these have just, the views have just been fantastic on these. So please make sure to find us on YouTube. Also, make sure you're going to underdogfantasy.com. When you go to underdogfantasy.com, com you make your first deposit you're going to get matched up to the first one hundred dollars cien dollars familia you're going to be playing best ball everything that's happening twenty five dollar drafts for best ball mania you get a chance for multi-million dollar winnings at the end of the year that familia you get the, you get that you got puppies you got dalmatians anything to do with the dog They've got a draft for you. You could also be doing MLB drafts right now because we're still in the heart. You know, all-star game may be coming up, It's you know, but pennant races are coming. Lots and lots of drafting to be happening. And uh, Familia, uh, you know, when I do this series, it's like it's like I'm catching up with with uh, you, you know, with old friends. And this is this is definitely someone I've really enjoyed getting to know the past couple of years to. I mean, gosh, when it when it comes to the Steelers, uh, you know, he was the first person I asked, the first person who said yes. And I'm just like, you know what, I need to go nowhere else because you know what? He has really, really brought the brought so much great information to us. Our Familia, this is Noah Strackbine. I'm telling you, he's at allsteelers.com, Sports Illustrated, part of the fan nation. Uh, also, check out that All Steelers Talk YouTube page. Once you hit subscribe on mine, go to subscribe on that one if you're not already there. But honestly, if you're following the Steelers, you're following this guy. Let's give a big welcome and a bienvenido, amigo, Noah Strackbine. Thank you for joining us. Muchas gracias. Thank you. This is always my favorite. Like I said before we jumped on here, that whenever I get that message, I'm always like, here it is. It's football season officially. Uh, this is my pleasure, man. I, I always enjoy this. No, it's it, it's it's awesome. Well, you know what? I, I really wanted to have you on uh, to kind of help, you know, give us a little bit of a look. Obviously, everything that we've seen has been in shorts, no pads or anything like coming on. No, no, you know, no real defenses that are coming on. But the big question mark going into the season, I think it's one of the big question marks across the fantasy industry. Is Kenny Pickett ready to take that leap, that year two leap? Showed some glimpses there at the end. Obviously, it was a tough time to be playing. They're, you know, they're going up against a lot of AFC North competition. Weather's weather's becoming an issue, especially that Christmas Eve game. But when it when it comes to this season, it's always a big season for quarterbacks. Year two. What 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 can we expect from him? I think you could expect some, you know, pretty good growth, some pretty significant growth. I think we have to see what training camp holds, what the regular season holds. A lot of everybody around him, including Matt Canada, which I think is the biggest question mark in Pittsburgh outside of the quarterback position, what these guys are going to bring to the table. But you look at the team. He's got a second year George Pickens, who looks to be very, very good. Deontay Johnson is the most open wide receiver in football. Pat Fryermuth. It added Darnell Washington, Allen Robinson. He'll get Calvin Austin back, Najee Harris, and Jalen Warren. The weapons around him have set him up for success. And I 
that's the biggest thing here is you could talk about a quarterback, what Kenny Pickett and his traits, but what Kenny Pickett was drafted for is because he's a winner. He could play in the fourth quarter. There is no moment too big for him. And he's got all the tools. He's got an arm. He's got the accuracy. He's athletic enough to escape the pocket when needed. He makes throws on the run. He could do it all. It's all about putting it together. And I think the weapons, they're there. If the offense is fluid, if Matt Canada could, you know, take a step up, I think is there's never been more pressure on an offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh ever than there is this year on Matt Canada. And if he could put an offense together that's successful, I mean, Kenny Pickett's the, the easiest beneficiary of this team in 2023. And if you're willing to take a shot, I mean, he's he's worth it because he showed last year, hey, I could win. I could do these things with no training camp barely any practice with these guys thrown in at halftime of a game. And then my second game was against the Buffalo bills who were red hot. I mean, it, it wasn't the best situation for him. Now he's got a full off season. The growth has got to be there. Yeah. I think, you know, I, he's a guy that I've been in underdog drafts um, mm-hmm. in underdog. He's been one of the guys that I've been targeting late because I, I love Deontay Johnson this year. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I, but I also remember one of the things that he didn't get used a lot in the running game last year. Are, does it look like they might have more designed runs or just give him a little bit more freedom to run this year? It was obviously a part of his game when he was in college, but is, is that going to be part of his game this year? To be totally honest, I, I still expect Kenny Pickett to run the football, obviously. In today's NFL, I think the quarterback has to run to be successful. But they're actually working on him staying in the pocket more than mm-hmm. leaving the pocket they're working with those helmet cameras which i don't believe work and he doesn't really think works as well but they're they're trying to work on techniques to actually keep him in the pocket make him more of a pocket passer he's obviously not like he's i compare him to joe burrow he's a guy that if if the play is not dead he does not want it to die there he's not a guy that wants to throw the football away he will escape the pocket if the pocket's crumbling so you're going to see his legs get moved but if the steelers have it their way he's going to be more of a pocket passer which I think it actually works out because, like I said, the weapons around him, if you could utilize those to your advantage and not put so much pressure on yourself, it'll open it'll open the field up for times where you want to actually run. Well, you know what? Let's talk about some of those, a couple of those uh, weapons. Deontay Johnson, uh, you know, people have talked so much about the fact that he didn't have a lot of, uh, that he had no touchdowns last year, but also one of the most targeted receivers in the NFL last year. Uh, George Pickens, if he didn't have a highlight play once a week, it, and you and you actually alerted me to him early on last year, talk, you know, talking about some of the some of the incredible ability that he has, uh, was not a big target earner. Um, they're both kind of going in the same range when it comes to fantasy this year. What could we be uh, expecting with them from them? with Pickett taking another step forward. I I think huge year to be totally honest with you. Like I I expect Deontay Johnson to really take, it's not even a step forward, but he needed last year or, or Kenny needed last year to adjust to Deontay because that's who Deontay Johnson is. He is, I mean, statistically he's the most open wide receiver in football, but he's not open all the time. Like it's, with his route combination and how quick he is off of cuts, he's only open for like a second, two seconds. And if that timing isn't there, he's not open anymore. Kenny needed pretty much all season to hit a point where they're in rhythm, where they were together. And I think this year you have a whole off season work together. You have all of preseason, all of training camp by week one, you two should be as comfortable with each other and those breaks as you could possibly get. So I expect Deontay Johnson 
to take a step forward. And on top of that, this is the first year Deontay Johnson's had like a real offense around him. If that offensive line works, if Kenny Pickett is in good shape, and if the running game works, this is the first time in his career where he's not working with pretty much nothing around him outside of Ben Roethlisberger, who was in the last two years of his career. So you got to expect more from Deontay Johnson. George Pickens, I mean, everybody's talking right now about, oh, George Pickens is going to be the breakout star. George Pickens is going to be the next superstar. I believe it until it's proven otherwise. That's how I would look at it. Last year, he did everything that he showed us in OTAs and minicamp and training camp that this dude is just electric. There is no catch radius for George Pickens. It is. I mean, I talked to Frisman Jackson the other day, and what he told me was if George Pickens is in one-in-one coverage, that is a that is a catch in his eyes. That is a 100% guaranteed catch. Now they're working on adding slant routes because he wants to be able to catch the ball and take it 60 in the words of Jackson. And I think that's a real possibility because that's what you saw sometimes at Georgia. And I think if, you know, he has the speed, he has the athleticism. If he could get those route running combinations down and he could really take that next gear and that next step. I mean, he's, He's going to be scary. He is, he's got all the makings. You know, when Minka Fitzpatrick compliments a rookie wide receiver and says he's never seen body control, he's never seen anybody like this, and then he does it all, I mean, for year two have to be insane. And I, uh, yeah, I fully anticipate George Pickens being a superstar by the end of the year. Yeah, Minka, Minka, he's, he's seen a few things. So, yeah, one or two. One or two. Now, you, you know, you mentioned Calvin Austin, but, um, is, is, but, you know, before, I want to I get into Cal, Cal, Calvin Austin in a second, but is Pat Fryermuth really going to be – Is could he be the third target in this offense? Yeah, I think he's going to be. And I, I think Allen Robinson and Calvin Austin are, are going to get good chunks of plays, definitely. And, and, you know, we'll get into Calvin Austin, but I, I actually have high expectations for Calvin Austin too. But I think the addition of Darnell Washington allows Pat Fryermuth to be who Pat Fryermuth is. He's more of a Travis Kelsey than he is a George Kittle or a Mark Andrews. He, he's, a, he's pretty much a slot wide receiver, but he works as well as it gets as a slot wide receiver running tight end routes. And I think if the Steelers are able to utilize him in just that facet and then allow Darnell Washington to be the big body that's on the offensive line, I think it'll work out very well. That goes right to Matt Canada as well, though. You got to be able to draw those guys open. You know, Andy Travis Kelsey says it all the time. Andy Reid is the reason that he's as good as he is because he always draws him open. Matt Canada's got to be able to draw Pat Firemuth open. But if he could, I mean, Pat's Pat's one of the best pass catching tight ends in the NFL, if not, you know, maybe top three at this point. So I, if as long as he could get those plays and stay healthy, I mean, he should have a big, big year. No, I, I totally agree. He's been one of the guys that's been, he's still underrated when it comes to, when, when it comes to the tight end, he's oh, yeah. going off. Let me see. I've, I've got it here going off as the tight end, tight end 10, uh, about a, yeah, about 10, 11 rounds into the, you know, about 10, 11 rounds into the draft. And I get the tight end 10, but yeah, get, getting him at that point in the in drafts is I, I love that value. I love yeah. that value this year. If he's there and he's and and stays healthy, he's got he's got concussion issues. But if he could stay healthy I mean, to get him in the 10th round, 11th round as as tight end 10 steal steal. In my book. Right. 
Yeah, he's he's especially you know for for people who are taking the elite the elite quarterbacks early, and, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I think people who are they're bypassing the tight ends, and I think it's a good strategy to do that. And, and Fryermuth has been one of my big targets this year. Um, but you know, you talked about Austin, Calvin Austin, you talked about uh, Allen Robinson a little bit. Um, unfortunately, up here in LA, we didn't get to see the best of Allen Robinson last year because that that offense was just broken. But um, are, are there going to be, you know, any any scraps left over? Because uh, obviously Najee Harris is a part of the passing game too. But uh, what, what kind of scraps we got left over for these guys? I, I think, yeah, I think Allen Robinson plays a big role in the red zone. I don't know what to expect from him right now in terms of just, you know, down and distance guys and, and third down. I just look at him as a big body for Kenny Pickett in the red zone right now. And that'll change and adjust as the season gets going. And we see how much juice is really left in his tank. But for right now, he's the best red zone threat that the Steelers have. And last year they desperately needed a red zone threat outside of Pat Fryermuth. So I do expect him to have a big year within the 20 yard line. And I think that's going to be big. And in fantasy football, you know what I mean? If, you, if you're a vulture and you could come up with two touchdowns a game, I'm feeling real good about that situation. So I'm not I'm not complaining about Allen Robinson. Calvin Austin, if he stays healthy, the, literally every single person on the roster that I have spoken to, every coach, every front office member, every person that he's trained with in the offseason has said that this guy is, is going to be electric, that he is going to be one of the best players in Pittsburgh this season and I think you got a glimpse of that last year like he lit up training camp he was used everywhere the Steelers wanted him to be an immediate part of this offense and then an untimely injury obviously shut him down for the season before it ever got started this year if he could stay healthy I mean Najee Harris has mentioned that he's come out of the backfield Uh, he's been working in screens he's going to be their kick returner their punt returner He'll do everything. And I think that those those scraps will definitely be there because the Steelers offense is going to try as hard as possible to put him in situation to make plays for him. You know what I mean? Like you'll you'll see designed plays where it's just get Calvin Austin the ball and let him do what he needs to do with it because he's that explosive. Um, I expect if I had to pick between one of those two, I think Calvin Austin gets more touches and more. um you know, opportunity in the season, but I think both of them are going to be very, very important pieces to the offense. Well, I, I honestly think there may not be a more, you know, one, another very important piece of the offense. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe one of the more important, any, anytime there's a Mike Tomlin Pittsburgh Steelers team, the lead running back, the lead caballo, as I like to call him, uh, (laughs) is, uh, is, is very important. There's been some talk over the last month since OTAs about how good Jalen Warren looked. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of like I'm still of the opinion that Najee Harris is the guy. They they spent a first round draft pick. The guy's gotten 300 plus touches the last two years. Played through a, played through an injury last year and st- and was fa- better at the end of the season. Is Najee Harris still? You know, a bell cow, a lead caballo, uh, not only for this offense, but also for fantasy football. I, I think that's a tough call right now. I, I will say this. I Last year, all the excuses that we gave Najee Harris and all the, you know, people trying to make a, a, a lesser of a deal out of his injury and so on and so forth in the offensive line and just saying, ah, well, he should be better. Maybe he's not that good. I can tell you from everything I know and from everything I heard and experienced last season, Najee Harris was 100% injured and not like a minor injury, not like a, uh, he could deal with it. Like he was 
full-blown Liz Frank sprain injury, which shuts down. I mean, it shut down Calvin Austin for the whole season. It shut down Larry Ogunjobi for nine months the year before. You know, Najee played through it every single week behind one of the worst offensive lines in football in the worst passing game in football. So if the offense was on the field, chances were Najee Harris was touching the football. The whole defense knew that coming off a year where his body took more damage than it's ever taken in his entire life. And that was behind the worst offensive line, maybe possibly ever to come through Pittsburgh to walk into this season completely healthy, which is, you know, going to be big. He's got to stay healthy. Completely healthy. This is the first opportunity he'll have in his NFL career to actually make noise. You know, he you could you could say last year it should have been there at the end of the year. I think it was, but I still think even even if you were technically or if he was technically healthy by the end of the season, he fought through a foot injury on both feet. But you know, people got to he he sprained his left foot or his right foot. I, I forget what one in training camp, and then in week one sprained the other foot. So he was dealing with two foot injuries as a running back. By the end of the season, even if you are technically healthy, you're not healthy. You know, you're not 100%. Every football player is hurt by the end of the year. You started off hurt and then finished the season with all that damage. So I, I don't I don't look at last year and say it was a it was a down, it was a fall down and and you know, we should start worrying about Najee Harris. I'll say this. If he's 100% healthy, he has the best offensive line he's played behind since joining the Pittsburgh Steelers. They just added Isaac Siamalu. Even if Dan Moore does start at left tackle, I think that he deserves to win that or deserved to win that job if he does win it. So I think that's a worthy player to be out there. He's got Jalen Warren. So for the first time in his career, he's got a backup running back who could actually take some pressure off of him. He'll have a passing game for the first time in his career because year one, Ben Roethlisberger threw the football in under a second, which is wild because he had no offensive line and the Steelers should have a pretty good defense. So, you know, games shouldn't be out of control and they should be able to control the clock with the running game. I think everything's set up for Najee Harris to have a big year. I expect him to have a big year. Um, and, and I get the worry from last season, but if you just put it all on paper, it really, really looks like Najee has had the worst run in the NFL because he came into the worst situation possible. And, you know, for the first time, he's going to have a real shot to kind of like eliminate that narrative. No. And I, 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 he's been one of the guys I've drafted the most because I feel like he's a value. He's going in the third mm-hmm. round of uh, fantasy drafts and he's been one of my favorite player, him and Ramondre Stevenson have been my uh, two of my oh. favorite players to, to target, uh, you know, when I've gone heavy on receiver early on in drafts, uh, because I, I feel like the volume is going to be there. I mean, this yeah. is a guy who caught, caught 74 passes as a rookie last year. He took a step back where, where do you kind of see, do you, do you see his, um, his pass catching still being a significant part of this offense? Yeah, I do. I think it'll take a step down because I think Jalen Warren is, I don't want to say a better receiving tight end or receiving running back, but I think he's, he's more of a third down guy. You know, he's a down and distance type of player, uh, whereas a Najee could be a ground and pound every, you know, he could be a three down running back. He is a three down running back, but the Steelers are going to want to work Jalen Warren in there. And the way the best way to do that is to allow Jalen Warren to do what he does best, which is pass protect. He's really good at pass protecting and receiving the football out of the backfield. So I think that he'll take a good chunk of those. I think Najee's going to be involved, but just like Calvin Austin, like I think it'll be designed passes to Najee. It won't be as many check downs. So he won't be looking at the 74 targets number, you know, but he'll be, he'll be in an area where it's a lot of screens, a lot of 
designed catches out of the backfield, that kind of stuff. I do anticipate him to be there because he is like, I mean, last year you could go to the Baltimore Ravens game at the end of the season in Baltimore. He caught that last second game winning touchdown. And that's a play that, you know, the Steelers aren't going to put Jalen Warren out there for that. They're going to trust Najee Harris. And as long as he continues to do so, which he does, you know, Najee's a self-proclaimed wide receiver. He tells us all the time, (laughs) (laughs) as long as he continues to play like that, which he will, um, they're they're not going to take him out completely. But I would expect that number to be more like it was in 2022 than it was in 2021. Yeah, it's self-proclaimed wide receiver. Well, hopefully, hopefully for his bank book, they they pay him like a wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. hopefully. Uh, oh, the, we we could get into the running back market. You know, I mean, obviously, you've seen things with Livian Bell. So yeah, I'm right. The, Pittsburgh is the heart and soul of the running back uh, market controversy, I would say, and we're gonna have another yeah. one next season. So I'm I'm you know I'm always I'm always in for a running back value talk, I guess. <laughs> oh man well i think we've gone through uh pretty much the offense even i mean talking about austin and robinson as some sleepers you touched on the offensive line right there which has been such a hot button topic for the last the last couple of years and you talked about the, the the changes and also the addition of darnell washington who's called himself many times a sixth offensive lineman yep. how much does how much how much is this group really just going to be the foundation of where this team goes in, in 2023. I think it's, it's every building block possible. The Steelers succeed as this offensive line succeeds. It's, it's what's held them back in every single way, shape and form the last two years, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's final season, it, it should have been way better. And you look at that, they made the playoffs. They squeezed by, they had all these comeback wins. It was all because of a 38 year old Ben Roethlisberger who should not ha- have had to do what he did. It was all because of Najee Harris coming up with four yard runs after getting hit in the backfield, you know, every single play it was, it was hands down the worst offensive line I've seen covering football. And I think those guys would admit it. I think everybody on that offensive line would admit how bad they were last season. You took, I want to say it was a significant jump forward, but it's still you were definitely if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line, you valued yourself as the bottom half of the NFL, which is not where you want to be. You come this year, you got Chuksa Korfor, who is a proven starter on the right side. Feel good about him. James Daniels, who might be their best offensive lineman right now after acquiring him last season. And he's got a full year in the system. Uh, Mason Cole, who it might be their worst offensive, their starting offensive lineman. But if he's your worst starting five, that you got to feel pretty good about that one. And then you just picked up a 30 year old veteran in Isaac Siamalu, who just played in the Super Bowl behind the best rushing offense in football. And you just drafted a franchise left tackle in Broderick Jones with the 14th overall pick. It is hands down night and day different from where it was two years ago. And you get that vibe too, like being in the locker room, talking to these guys, watching practice, seeing the energy. It's not, there's no concern about the offensive line anymore. At this point, it's about finding the best five players you could put out there and putting them out there. But when it comes to uh, do we have to change the offense, you know, Matt Canada complained for two years about how quickly you had to get rid of the football and how bad the off- how much, you know, how hard it is to work around this offensive line. There is none of that talk this year. It's just this is our offense. This is our offensive line. It looks good. And, and I think it changes everything, it changes everything, it makes Kenny Pickett's life a hell of a lot easier. It makes Najee Harris's life a ton easier. The easiest it's ever been. Jalen Warren comes into a good system. You know, all these wide receivers are going to have actual time to get open. And 
you know, that changes so many things. So I, I do. I think it's if the Steelers are going to succeed in 2023, it probably all relies on or most of it relies on Kenny Pickett and Matt Canada. But none of it starts without that offensive line. And right now they, they do. They look they look really good, like really it feels really good in Pittsburgh to finally say they have an offensive line. Yeah, I, I mean, because I, I think that's I mean, that, that's almost like a part of their brand. I mean, you need yes. those badasses up, up those big dogs out, out in front, just kind of, you know, paving, you know, road grading. And, you know, when they've been at their best, it's been a great offensive line. So hopefully, well, the other part that that's really, you know, even going back to the seventies and the steel curtain days, it's a rock solid defense. Yep. And one of the big narratives around the NFL draft was Joey Porter jr. Coming to coming to play for the, for the Steelers. So um, you're smiling. Obviously it's a story that I'm sure <laughs> that I know you had fun telling, yes. uh, coming. How does the, the, this, this defense has been kind of in the middle of the road. Um, you know, TJ Watts battled injuries, but, uh, for all intents, does it look like he's healthy and how does this, this defense shape up first against the pass and then against the run. So TJ right now looks healthy. He, he talked recently on uh, Ben Roethlisberger's podcast, actually, that, you know, last year really frustrated him, but it, it kind of put in perspective, like how fragile this game is. Um, and, and you saw that you saw how, how much he wanted to get back, um, how hard he worked to do so. So right now he looks good. If he stays healthy, you know, the Steelers defense is if they were here last year, they're here immediately with TJ Watt. That's just how that works. Um, Joey Porter Jr. looks he looks good. He's already making an impact. I think the fact that, you know, the Steelers went out and got Patrick Peterson and that was a good addition for right now. But really, it was a phenomenal addition for later. It allows Joey Porter Jr. to learn from not only Levi Wallace, who's who's got a great story of his own, but Patrick Peterson, who's a Hall of Famer, the best corner of his generation, arguably like he he's the guy that you want and he's so open to it he loves teaching joey porter jr he talks constantly about how he wants him to be the next star of pittsburgh um and i think that that's you know gonna work dividends and make a huge impact in the long-term success of that kid I, I think that the team as a whole looks good the inside linebacker is still a little iffy but we have to see what they got out of cole holcomb who they signed from the washington commanders and then uh a Landon Roberts, who they signed from the Miami Dolphins, completely changed up their inside linebacker room with those two and a couple of uh, depth guys. Got to see how those two rock in the middle because inside linebacker was a huge hole for the Steelers last season. But besides that, they bulked up their defensive line. They got Larry Ogunjobi back. Uh, they added Keanu Benton in the second round, who's going to start at nose tackle, but also add depth everywhere else. Cam Hayward continues to define father time. Brand new cornerback room. Uh, the the safety room, DeMonte KZ will replace Terrell Edmonds. And then they grabbed the biggest, scariest human being I've seen on a football field and Keanu Neal, who, I mean, I don't know, like he looks scary on pictures and then you see him in person and he's got the flat top and you know what I mean? Like he's a ginormous safety and you're like that guy that would, he would murder somebody. And if he was given the opportunity on a football field, it's scary. Um, so it just looks, everything as a whole looks Really, really good. Alex Highsmith's going to take another step forward. He's coming off a 14 sack season. I mean, that defense, it's just as well rounded as it's been in a couple of years. And Cole Holcomb, who's young and coming off a really good season before a foot injury last year, if he could work out and be like that star three down linebacker, I think the Steelers don't really have like a glaring hole. And, and that's going to work out really, really well for both sides of the football. 
How about on the uh, against the run? They were they were number nine in total uh, rushing yards allowed. Are they still going to look like you know pretty pretty solid unit up there? I think they're going to look better, to be honest, because Landon Roberts is a run stuffer. Mark Robinson's a run stuffer. He's entering his second year. I get he's a late round pick, but I expect him to take a jump forward. Keanu Benton's going to clog up the middle because last year they didn't even have like Montrevious Adams started at nose tackle, but he's he's more of a defensive tackle and he's only a pass rusher. Like he's got almost no run stuffing capabilities. Uh, Keanu Benton will step in there and be a run stuffer. Larry Ogunjobi returns and he'll have a full offseason. Last year, he dealt with a foot injury, so he didn't get to train during the offseason and practiced like three times during the year because of a toe injury. So you got to expect him to be better. Uh, they went out and got Braden Fajoko, an L.A. Charger, former L.A. Charger. Um, they got Armand Watts out of Chicago. So they loaded it up and they made sure that, you know, the, it all starts with the run game. You ask anybody in Pittsburgh for the last million years and you say how does the defense what's the defense's key to success they will all start out with cornerback safety doesn't matter they will say well it starts with stop stopping the run if we could stop the run and make them one-dimensional we'll be fine and that's that was their game plan and i think it's gonna i think it's gonna work they got the pieces and if everything works this puzzle is gonna look pretty good you just kind of sparked a, a memory something i wasn't expecting to ask about but uh you talked about the running game uh last year right before right before christmas uh franco harris passed away yep. what was i can you just describe what the city what it was like both in that stadium and kind of like the someone as beloved as that player uh as that human being uh how, how what was that like that that week in that game it was um it was it was different. It was it was definitely sad. The city just, you know, it was Christmas week, you know, and, yeah. and it just didn't it didn't feel didn't have that joy, you know. And, and it, the craziest part is like you talk to Franco. Franco never hid from anybody. He always wanted to talk to you. You know, I've talked he he had no idea who he was, but every single or who I was. But every single time I talk, I walked by him. He said hello to me. He stopped and talked to me. You know, I've told him stories about my family and. You know, I doubt that he ever again has any idea who this is because he does that to everybody. And you know, Franco is special, man. And, and to, uh, you know, to be at that press conference where, you know, he got choked up and he was talking about the, the Jersey retirement, and how much it meant to him. And then to wake up to that news was just it, it was it was gut wrenching. Like it was your heart dropped. You just nothing felt right that week. And then to go to that game, it, it was such a sad moment. You know, Art Rooney talking to him about it and. You could just tell, man, like it was it was different. Like it was it should have been such a joyous day and like give everybody a reason to go. And instead, like people I think people went and I talked to some fans, actually, because it was it was below freezing. It was a terrible game to be at. And I talked to people and they said, you know, it's I wouldn't be here if I wasn't here to honor Franco. And I was like, that's you know, that's awesome. So he did. He meant everything to the city Um, that that week was like I said, it was down. But it was um, at the same time, like. You know, I hope that he got to see, you know, like the how much everybody really cared because they did. And it, it, it all came out that week for sure. Uh, special, special. I got to meet him once for like five minutes at the Dodger Stadium parking uh, yeah. press box of all places. He's in there. And I'm like, oh, my God, Franco Harris. I'm like, <laughs> you're, I'm like, I'm like Franco Harris is here. I'm just like, I'm going to call the whole press box and be like, Franco Harris is here. Yeah. So I chatted with him for a few minutes. He smiled. Just I being I'm like, I know this, you know, baseball stadium is not not. But he just. 
uh, was, was, was just as, as much a gentleman as, as, as I could, I could possibly want. And, you know, having watched him play as a kid, it was, it was great to see that. So, um, oh, well, I mean, definitely RIP Franco, um, celebrate everybody, cele everybody celebrate your heroes while they're here, please. Yes. 100%. Um, let's, let's close up on a, on a fun, you know, as, as, as we've talked about any, any new Mexican food discoveries for you? Um, to be honest, I've been getting real into like, like going to a Mexican restaurant and ordering wings because they always <laughs> make wings differently. Right. And I've been like, I discovered it at one place and it was like, they came out, it was like spicy garlic or something. And I was like, Ooh, okay. And they were the best wings I may might've ever had. So I was like, now everywhere I go, I I'm always looking for, for wings. Um, that was my, that was my big discovery. But to be totally honest, I think I've eaten mexican food like once a week there's two of them down the street from me where we just moved last year and every week for the last year i think i'm at one of the two for uh, something even if it's just wings i'm stopping it love it love it so I'm, I'm gonna give you an underrated secret uh for mexican restaurants go there on saint patrick's day oh okay because okay. they always have they always still that you're still gonna get a green beer but there's not it's gonna <laughs> it's not gonna be it's it's not gonna be empty it's not gonna be full at all and you could still have a great one of the greatest uh saint patrick's days i've ever had was at a mexican at a mexican restaurant with some friends <laughs> in northern california and we just we took over the place and it was just like five of us and we just had the best time so that's um, awesome saint i might I might have to try that. I might have to. There's like I said, there's two down the street. Parade goes right by. I'm just watching while I'm eating a burrito or something. Might <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Might Take your green hat, you know, wear your shamrock, <laughs> everything like that. My wife being Irish, you know, we've we've done that. We've done that in the past. And it's it's all yeah, blending the blending the cultures. It's always a great time. <laughs> oh man, and this is always a great time. Noah, that please pump anything you got coming up with with training camp still a few weeks away. Yeah, so we'll have full coverage at allsteelers.com. Obviously, um, we'll be going live from out there pretty much every single day of the week, uh, Monday through or Tuesday through through Sunday, because that's the days the practices are. So you can find all that stuff at All Steelers Talk on YouTube. Um, but yeah, besides that, just you know, check it out. And when this thing drops, I hope everybody pushes us as well, because this is like I said, my the most the most fun I have every summer talking about football. Gracias, mi amigo. Gracias. Muchas, muchas gracias. Oh, thank you. And, uh, and familia, muchas gracias to you for joining us. Also, make sure if you haven't already done so, go to follow us on uh, Familia FFB on YouTube. Also, all Steelers, talk, uh, all Steelers Talk on YouTube. Hey, you're going to keep getting great stuff. We're almost halfway through the, the NFL Insider Series. Got a bunch set up this week to, to, to record. Just going to keep pumping them out to you. Just going to keep pumping them out to you. Also, make sure you keep pumping. If you're going to underdogfantasy.com, use that promo code FAMILIA23, FAMILIA23, if you want to do it in Spanish going to get matched up to the first hundred dollars best ball season you're going to draft all the way this is this is really when a lot of people get into it get into it so enjoy it get get in the get into those underdog streets and lastly make sure you're following our invitado you're uh if uh, you can find me at jorge martin 17 on twitter everywhere else it's familia ffb familia ffb.com make sure you, you go there. We're going to have some write-ups coming up here. You might see me popping up on some other sites. So you, you'll see that. And lastly, if you have, if you want to listen to this on audio, Hey, we got you covered there too. Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, muchas gracias to Spotify for podcasters for putting us out there. Thank you. Muchas gracias for joining us, everybody. Muchas gracias to Noah one more time. And remember, todos somos familia.
Salud.